Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Welcome back to Spear School. I'm really excited to publish this podcast episode, which is a cross-podcast episode with the Luscious Hustle. I've been on their podcast this past June. They were on my podcast in July. They were guest mentors in the initiation circle. It was by far the most popular workshop we ever had on human design in the initiation circle. So many of those women have gone down the human design rabbit hole ever since then. These women just have a way of like simplifying it and making it super accessible and that's the first time I really experienced that with human design and so we are really excited we've gotten so close this year that we have collaborated on a three-hour master class on the Winster Solstice so we really wanted to do this podcast interview with each other posing questions to each other on the topic of desire because that's actually going to be the theme of the master class is the desire master class and making um, getting clear on the desires and making declarations and then leading into devotion to really execute all the dreams that we have within our hearts you know it's been a wild couple years and there's been a lot of beauty mixed in with that chaos and I think that we're learning now how to thrive despite all the uncertainties that are all around us so this master class is going to be absolutely incredible replays forever And we're going to be getting really clear on our desires, making bold declarations, witnessing and witnessing others. We're going to get clear on how our human design impacts us on our journeys to the unfoldment of all the things that we desire for 2022. I'm telling you, these girls put it into incredible context, as well as we're going to be working in that masculine and feminine knowledge. So Betsy brings a lot of experience and knowledge when it comes to the masculine and feminine energies and energetics behind business life, relationships. I'm of course going to be bringing in my knowledge that I have in really creating the life of my desires with my spirit team. I just actually was interesting. I just sat in the power. I'm in this um, mediumship training program so I can teach at the school that's opening up in California and I just had to sit in the power for all the other teachers who were assessing me and it was so interesting because I'm the last one to sit and they were all able to sense a spirit helper around me and I could sense Skylar there too and I'm like oh there you are and he's not there every single time I go to sit in the power so that was very interesting all this to be said it's just really validating for me that I have created such a strong faithful reciprocal relationship with my spirit guides and my spirit helpers and they do support me in my practice and in my life as a mother as a wife as a business owner as a medium as a spiritual mentor I have learned how to access their energy and how to build this beautiful reciprocal relationship with them so I'm going to be sharing a lot of that within this masterclass. I've actually never taught this in this level of detail before so I'm really excited for that as well so I share a little bit of stories that kind of backs evidentially that spirit is supporting me in my practice so check out the interview I hope you enjoy it if you're interested in this masterclass up until the Sagittarius moon so I think that's December 4th or 5th it's a Saturday you can 
can get $111 off this workshop. So it's a phenomenal early bird rate. So check out the link in the bio if you're curious. Again, if you can't catch it live because we definitely want it to be on the solstice, which I think is a Tuesday, um, then you will get access to the replay as well. I'm really excited. This is going to be my first collaboration in my business uh, and I couldn't have done it with two more absolutely incredible, divine, ethical, integral women. So I hope you enjoy this podcast episode and we hope to see you in the Desire Masterclass. Welcome back to a very special crossover event happening here on the Luscious Hustle podcast with our special guest, Danielle of the Spirit School podcast. We are doing a crossover episode here because we have something so special coming up this month in December, the Desire Masterclass. And we figured what better way to kick this off than to do a joint podcast and tell you why we are doing this, but also to share some insights into our own manifesting practice, because at the end of the day, that's what we're here to do. We are here to manifest the most luscious life that we can possibly imagine for ourselves. And I'm super excited to be doing this with you today. So welcome to the show, Danielle. Welcome, Laura Milne. I'm Betsy Milne, in case you didn't know my voice. Um, but let, let's just kick this off. Like, let's just dive in because, you know, the word desire it's a fancy word. It's a bougie word. It's a word that used to trigger the hell out of me, if I'm being completely honest. Um, and yet here we are, we're running a masterclass with that name. So where do we begin girls? Yes. I mean, I see you so much. Um, this is Danielle Squamish Medium. Thank you guys for having me. I'm super happy to be here and welcome to the Spirit School podcast as well. Yes. <laughs> welcome back. Oh, I forgot to mention that all the words <laughs> that were running through my head, you could tell I started babbling. Like I'm really excited about this. And then I start babbling. So, oh no, we're all excited. I'm really excited about this too. I can see you so much there, Betsy, because Desire used to be a word that I did not resonate with. And it was something that I had to calibrate to um, in my journey of being a spiritual entrepreneur and really understanding that masculine and feminine balance within the business. You know, myself, because I spent a lot of my career in the motorsports industry or the corporate world desire was not a word that was ever spoken in any of those industries. It was all about meeting KPIs, reaching achievements, performance pay. You had very clear goals and you had to use a very logical mind on how to achieve those goals. So when I started going into the spiritual entrepreneurship world and, you know, working in different containers and with different people and like even hearing you ladies speak last year when I first was introduced to your amazing body of work. And I was like, wow, these two have really like embodied the feminine aspects of um, their work. And I was still trying to achieve that and decondition myself from the rigidity and the structure of the corporate world. And so desire was something I had to really dive into head first and try to understand what it meant to me. And it's something that I now absolutely love. It cracks my heart open. When I look at my chakras, I'm like, yes, desire hits me in the heart chakra. And it no longer is something that I think is like this mystical illusion. It's actually something I ask myself every single day now and make decisions with desire at the core of it all. So just can see you there so much. Yes. I'm trying to think now of when the word desire actually became one that I felt very comfortable with and used frequently. Like it would have been in the last, at some point in the last four years of Betsy and I building Luscious Hustle. But like, if I think back to even like 
high school? Like, when did I ever use the word desire in high school or in university or in the, in my nursing career? Like never it like the never desire and purpose. That was the other one. Like, I remember I used to hear people talking about like, Oh, my life's purpose. And I was like, what the hell is that? What do you mean? Like, go to university, get a job and work it. Like that's, I think that when I think back now, it's like everything came from a place of need. Like I had, I was a straight A student all through university and all through well, high school and university through two degrees. And like, why was I a straight A student? Because I felt I needed to be a straight A student so that I could get the grades that I could get the job. So I could, you know, like it was all about need, 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 which is to me, the opposite of desire. Like it's comes, it need is, there's nothing wrong with having a need, but it's like, it usually comes from a place of lack as opposed to coming from a place of desire, which is abundance and like something greater than yourself. Yeah. I don't think actually I understood desire or even wanted to play with it really like on a deep, deep, deep energetic calibration type level until about six months ago, if I'm being completely honest. And I know I know we threw the word around a lot in our business because it was like one of the, it's like alignment, right? Like, I'm, what do you desire? Like I'll wave my magic selenite wand. Tell me what you desire. But I really don't think that that frequency calibration happened for me until six months ago. Like I knew that I always could manifest. I understood that. I understood that I liked bougie things. I understood abundance, but there was a calibration moment that had to happen for me to truly a, be able to lean into it without shame, without guilt, without being like, oh, this is too much. Like what? Like, yeah. Like I desire, I mean, we said at the beginning of the, our business, like I desire a multiple six figure business. We did that the first year. And that to me just kind of felt like luck, I guess, in a weird sort of way. But yeah, now it's, it's definitely something that resonates. It's like a frequency to me that resonates like deep within the body. And it's like you said, Danielle, like it cracks you open when you can tap into it. And it just makes the possibilities I don't want to say, say the possibilities seem bigger, but I feel like they're richer possibilities. When you desire something, there's like a richness that just sort of like tickles your soul in this like different way. And it's like, Ooh, I got to own that. I got to step into that. That's how it feels for me now. And I, and I can play with that frequency because I have the tools to do it. It's not just like a, I'm going to say it in my mind. And then I'm going to somehow manifest it. It's like, I can calibrate it to the frequency of like, yes, this is a thing we're going that way. Um, that's been the biggest shift for me. Yeah. I think desire is like an act of self-love in a way where we likely, and I know for myself, this was my experience. I kept trying to think about things I wanted to create for other people and like what other people are asking me for, and will this meet the need of other people? And when we tune into, wait, what do I desire? How do I desire to run this? How do I desire to create this? We're actually creating from a space of more wholeness and from a space of love and not logic. And I think that that's kind of where the magic is, especially when it comes to like business and spiritual entrepreneurship, because if I desire it, I have to trust that the people who are aligned to my frequency will also desire it instead of, well, it makes sense to run this and it makes sense to launch this because it's logical and just moving out of that headspace down into the heart. I think that's what the gift desire has for us. Okay, well, yeah, because it moves you out of how right? Like it moves, you have to let go of how, and I know everyone says that and like surrender, and that could be so triggering for people, but it's really playing with like, what do you want? Why do you want it? And then the how piece it's like, yeah, I can back, like, I can do that later. You don't really need to know that. And I think when we start slipping into how we're going to do it, 
like the step-by-step, then it just throws us into, it can throw us into a pit of despair. Like I'm not worthy of this yet. I'm not there yet. I don't have the skills to do this yet. And that puts logic on the path of possibility that just is like, it messes you up. At least it does for me. That's been my experience when I try to logic my way through. Laura's laughing. Um, Okay. So then, okay. You kind of answered this. Both of you did actually a little bit, but what comes up? Like if I say like, what does desire mean to you? Like, what is the first like couple of words that come up? If I said that to you, Danielle, like you desire it. The first thing is self-love. Like that's the first thing that comes to me because I came from an entire lifetime up until almost 39 years old. I never asked myself that. And I can actually recognize that everything I put out there in the world before I started that line of inquiry was people pleasing. And for other people where I get desire, it's really an act of self-love. It's like asking myself first, tuning into my needs first and how I want to create and live my life. So that's what comes up for me is like, it's an act of self-love. Betsy. What about for you, Laura? I'm going to throw it back to you, even though you asked the question. Honestly, the first words that came up to me were obsession and craving, because I think that I think this is something I've been really, as I've worked on deconditioning my sacral, like I'm a sacral generator. I've just work, 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 work on so many layers of deconditioning. What I've really realized is like, there's a fire in my sacral that right now for a long time has been a small fire and it wants to be stoked. Imagine like a campfire where there's like a little bit of kindling and you just got a little thing going, but you're, there's like a big pile of logs sitting next to it. And you just want to like stoke the fire and make it really. And I get this sense or this feeling of like a deep craving. Like it's like, mm, yes, I want that. I want that. I want that. And almost feeling like when I really desire something, I feel almost a bit kind of like obsessed with it, whether it's like, um, I think, did I use this as an example on the podcast? Or maybe I used this as an example to a client. I know I used it as an example to a client in Voxer, but like with gens and many gens, we, especially generators, we can get really obsessed with things. And so I remember there was a time when I was like eight years old and I went through a phase where I ate like mushroom soup every single day for six weeks straight. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Was it the most healthy choice? No, but I was like, I just remember feeling like this deep craving. Like I, I desired that soup every single day. I was obsessed with it. It tasted so good to me. Like I would get, I would run home from school and be like, yes, soup time. Like, (laughs) and it's a silly example, but I think like that for me is like, when I really desire something, I can get excited about it because I'm like, "Mm, yes, I crave this and I'm obsessed with it, which is a very, it's a very, that's a very personal thing. It's very deep. And it's completely independent of what you think you need or what you think you're supposed to do. It's just, it's just what you desire and you don't have to have a reason for it. I like that. You know, what's funny. I I wanted you guys to answer first because I've like really been sitting with this question and we've talked about this before. The way that I feel things is very subtle. I don't know if it's just because I am open in the bottom half of my body chart, like in human design or like what it is my mind and my third eye are the ones that are super active. So for me, it's interesting because it's not so much a feeling, but it's like clarity, like Mm -hmm. a desire is something that is so freaking crystal clear. It does not need to make sense to me for me to know that it is mine or that it is the right thing for me. And the way that I have had to play with desire, because we talk a lot about emotion and tapping in and, and that is all very true, especially with the feminine, like she feels, but I have learned over the course of the last year that for me, it's like, how clear is that voice in my head? And then when I say it out loud, I'm a self-projector projector. It's like, oh, duh. Right. And it's that deep, deep knowing 
where there's confusion, it is not a desire. It's not there yet. It's like, maybe it's a seed or something, but for me, it's just honestly desire is so clear. It's like clear, like a bell. And I love it. When I find it, then it's like a wave of calm. Right. And it doesn't matter how hard it's going to be to get. It's like, I got it totally different than both of you, which I love. I love, I love. I absolutely love that all three of us have different experiences with the word desire. Like just thinking about the masterclass, we're going to have so much to share with the people because we come from so many different places of resonance with it. Okay. So then that leads me to the question. So we all came up with questions for this. And so I wanted to ask the question, like, what is the, what is an example of a situation or an experience in your life, your business, where you basically did the opposite of what you desired? Like you did, you followed through with something it seemed logical. It seemed right. You thought you could get behind it. And then afterwards you were like, uh, no, I did not desire that. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know if you have one, Danielle, I have one. I can go first too. I don't oh, know. I have one. Do you have one Betsy? Let's, yeah. Let's hear it. Well, so it's funny cause it ties in with entrepreneurship. So when I was 24, I started my first business. It did not go as planned. My sister and I did it together. We were never going to speak again. She's still my best friend. It's awesome. Um, But when I, I, right when we, when our business was dissolving, the Devil Wears Prada came out and I went and I watched the movie and I was like, I just want to go back to New York city. I want to work in fashion. I want to, so the, the wish list was like, it was very, it was very clear. It's like, I want to work in fashion. I want to learn all the things that went wrong in our business. Cause we were a t-shirt company. I wanted to learn all the things I wanted to be in the garment center and I wanted to be working with designers and I kind of left it there, but the desire was like so strong. Anyway, moved home, was sleeping on my parents' couch. And I applied for like 150 jobs, no joke in New York city, nothing was coming. And I went into the city with my dad one day for lunch. He was having lunch with a friend, Lori. She was like, come meet Robert. He's the owner. We're in manufacturing. Like it, we're dealing with accessories. And I was like, oh my God. And I had my, my devil wears Prada moment. Like literally I walked in, never gave them my references, never gave them a like uh, resume, nothing. Robert's like, well, I've known you since you were four. You're pretty cool. Like do this. Like you have the background, like come work for me. I want to build up this division. And I was like, yeah. And I got into it. And I, I mean, I did it for 12 years, but the funny thing is because I was like the desire to be in New York and the desire to be in fashion was really strong. I was very clear about what I wanted, but it was like the worst expression of it. Like it was not clear enough where I was going to be and what I was going to be doing. So like, yeah, I had the jet set lifestyle, but it wasn't like jetting off to Europe. It was jetting off to China. And then it was like, oh, I want to go all the fashion shows. I was in the fashion shows, but I was backstage, right? Like I wasn't walking the red carpet. I wanted to be, you know, having dinner at the St. Regis. I did that, but it was only drinks and it was like five minutes in and out. And like, there were all these just sort of, it was almost like a constant misfire. And I think at the time I was trying so hard to make it work. And I just kept telling myself, I loved my job. Don't get me wrong, but I, but it wasn't the dream. It wasn't the true desire. And I kept tricking myself into believing that it was, and it really wasn't. And it caused a litany of other problems in all areas of my life. Um, but it's funny how the dream was half-baked. This is why I'm so excited about Desire the Masterclass because the dream was half-baked. The desire was half-baked at that point. And I just didn't believe that I could have everything that I wanted. And so I accepted something that wasn't necessarily the best thing for me. I mean, it was like, I don't think anything is a mistake, but I just, had I realized sooner, 
I probably would have gotten out of it a little bit sooner and I wouldn't have just kept following the path. Um, yeah, I got everything I asked for, just not the version that I expected. <laughs> you know what it's funny? So in the movie, The Devil Wears Prada, there's that scene where the other assistant, Emily, like not Anne Hathaway, the other one, Emily, there's, there's a moment where she's super stressed and she's like, I love my job. I love my job. Yes, I love my me. job. That was I me. love my job. I love my job. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was me. I, I manifested that, that job. Oh, I also manifested all the bosses that talked down to me and like made me cry. Like I would run to the bathroom to cry. I have been, I was called a stupid little girl once in front of Michael Kors. Like, I mean, you want to talk about humiliation to the nth degree. I got all of it, ladies. (laughs) But it wasn't what I actually wanted. So I thought it was, but it wasn't. You did it for 12 years. I mean, good for you. I was a projector. I was trying to make other things happen and initiate changes. And I never got an invitation to like, get the fuck out until I was so sick that I had to. And so that's a whole other podcast episode. That's a story for another day. That's a whole other episode. Your body was like, let me invite you to leave this city. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're done little girl. I love about you guys, the way that you're able, like you guys just like live your practice. Like you literally like live, walk and body what you teach. And I, I love how you guys can see your human design within all of this. Like it just absolutely fascinates me. When I shared you guys with my community, they felt it like they were so wowed by you guys. I was, that's come. I was so excited to do this with you guys because yeah, I just love hearing you guys talk about the human design when it comes to this, because I always talk about spirit and guides and angels and how they support us with our desires. And yeah, I love it. And great story. Mine is a little bit similar, but I lasted a year. <laughs> because yeah, but because you're okay. a Manny Jen, you had to. They, I was just faster. about to say that you're a manifesting generator. You're meant to be linear. You don't need to wait for the invitation. You get to bounce around. Like, and that's I love that. I love that for you. So tell us your story. I like. I don't want to feel alone in this moment. <laughs> no, I have a similar one. Um, so I. I I had a great corporate career um, in Indigenous healing, working for my people. I mean, you couldn't get any, you know, more fulfilling than that. And the the mission that we had, I was in complete alignment with. But over the years, it grew so big. I started feeling like a little bit out of alignment. And meanwhile, my mediumship practice was really budding and really blooming. And so in 2019, I just felt from the very depths of my soul, it was time to go. It was time to pursue my passion, my desire to step into my mediumship practice full time. And it was a very torturous decision that led to a breakdown of sorts. Like I did end up off work for a few months from stress in just trying to, um, I, I was really waiting to be pushed out. I was waiting for things to get so bad that they would make like force my hand, but that was just not coming. Me too. Yes. That was part of the problem. And they just kept giving me promotions. That's exactly what kept happening to me. And so after my breakdown, I was just kind of like, my health isn't worth it. Like I need to chase this desire, but you see, I would, it was desire, but I was kind of still stuck in the human where it was like health and misalignment. And, you know, it's not good for all these reasons. They're toxic. It's their fault. And all these kind of like stories to try to convince myself that I should go having that like proverbial rug swiped out from under you. And so I gained up enough courage after the hospitalization, after the nervous system repair, after the adrenal fatigue, <laughs> I made, and I'm putting air quotes, the empowered decision to submit my resignation um, and pursue mediumship full time. But there's two 
realms that you can play in when it comes to following your desire, because you get caught up in the what ifs, right? And so what if it works? What if it doesn't? It's, it's so black and white, but somehow over my two weeks of resigning and that last day, kind of like stepping in closer and closer and closer, my mind and like my logical brain started leaning way too far towards the what if it doesn't work. And even though so much evidence showed me that it would work out beautifully, I just couldn't get there in my logical mind. I didn't know how to follow my heart back then. I was still very much operating in that masculine energy, which I'm really good at, by the way, but it can't be everything. And I did end up almost making myself sick again and rescinding my resignation. And they were very generous where they they let me and so gain a false desire. They're like, well, what do you want? It's like, well, I don't want to work full time and I don't want to drive to the city every day. Like I want to do this practice a little bit more. And they gave me everything I asked for. They gave me the four day work week. I only had to drive in two days to the office. And I thought that that was going to be the desire. I thought I had it made, but it wasn't too long after when that cycle started to come up again. And the misalignment just became super obvious. And it was a full year later that I decided to make like the full leap and it worked out beautifully, but that was my messy first attempt at following my desire. (laughs) I love that you use the phrase false desire. Like, I think that's really tight. I haven't heard it that way, but that's, it's so true. It is there. There are so many ways in which a false desire can insidiously sneak into our lives. And we think that we're giving ourselves the thing that we want, or we think we're taking the path that's going to be lead us to fulfillment and satisfaction. And it just doesn't. And I think that's like, you know, it shows like such a, a level of awareness to be like, oh, like, I'm being given all the things that I logically think I want on paper. It looks amazing, but it's, you're, it's like a bad date, right? On paper, the guy looks great, but you go, you get there and you're like, I'm not feeling the Zazazu here. Like, I'm just, it's not, no. Right. And that's really desire is like, you will feel it. It will feel so right. Even if it looks a little crazy on paper, which I think that was another part of my desire story is like, my desire seemed crazy on paper. Um, but then in, but then they feel so right in real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing I found so interesting when you were sharing is I think this is part of the programming. And I actually think this is why I have struggled so hard with understanding desire or even wanting to say it because it's the same thing. Like in corporate every year we went through this, like, I don't know how many times I was like, okay, I quit like literally would like quit and give them two months notice. And then I'd be like walking out the door and they'd be like, well, what do you want? And then I was like, you know, well, I still love this job. I haven't found anything else yet. And I think that this programming that we all go through, especially as women, it's like, well, what do you want? And then you say the thing that you want and then it gets twisted on you. It's almost like we're gaslit by our desires in this weird sort of societal way. Like you, you shouldn't be passionate. Like you should be passionate in a relationship, but like, keep that in the bedroom, like lock that shit down. Right. Don't talk about it. And then it's like, well, who is she? Cause she's talking about, she got all these things that she desires. And for me, at least when I listen to your story, it's like very clear to me now, which I wish I'd understood this like two years ago, because people would be like, what do you want? And then I would get it. It really knocked my confidence out of alignment in the sense that, well, if I ask for the wrong thing. Now I'm going to be stuck in something that I like, I, I didn't trust myself. That was my masculine to the nth degree. It was like, yeah, I can go and I can do, if I do enough, I'm going to solve the problem eventually. 
But even today I was talking with one of my best friends this morning and we were talking, I went and looked at a house on Sunday when I was down in New Jersey, Saturday, when I was down in New Jersey and, um, he was like, well, do you want it? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I literally have spent most of my adult life taking care of other people. I've never really given myself the chance to go look at houses for myself because I just know I didn't know how to do the work. Now I know how to do the work, but like, it's interesting how society playing that card, like, well, what do you want? It really can twist you out of alignment or away from what you desire because you're like, yeah, okay, this will solve my problem right now. You know, it feels good right now. And then you, you doubt yourself that seed is planted. Yeah, and desire is such like a continuous inquiry. Like once you attain what you desired last, there's the next desire that comes in. Yeah. It's continuous. It's like this constant evolving um, thing that you have to ask yourself. So I totally get that. I feel that. How about you? When did you chase a desire that didn't work? My example that I came up with was like kind of a small one compared to you. You both had like life altering moments. Mine was just, there's been a lot of, I'll use one example in our business. In our business, there've been lots of little things that I thought I desired that were all like business strategies that I was so certain I was very excited about that my generator self was excited about. And then they turned out to be like completely false. So prime example, Betsy will laugh at this. I like in the beginning of our business, because of course, you know, we we did invest in ourselves in coaching, but we also would spend a lot of time like watching free webinars. And like, that was the, really the beginning of the era of like, do a webinar and sell a thing. (laughs) I watched a webinar about Pinterest and and it was like, Pinterest is the be all and all of life. If you want to generate leads, if you want to build your email list, if you want to build your social following, if you want to get more downloads on your podcast, if you want to get more clients, Pinterest, 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 Pinterest. So I was like, my open head centers were like, like, this is a great idea. Let's do it. And like, I, I told Betsy and Betsy was like, (laughs) best wishes with that one. Have fun. I am not interested. (laughs) And I was so certain. I thought I was so certain that that was just going to be the thing that was going to blow up our business. So I spent all this time and energy and I, you know, there was a certain way to do, I don't even go on Pinterest anymore. So I have no idea. It's been years, but like there was a certain way to do your images and do and pin your pins and tag them and da, 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 da. So I did all the thing. And we got our Pinterest page up to about like 3.3 million monthly views. Like it wasn't, it was, I don't know if that was like, uh, I I don't know. I think I, I thought that was a lot. It seems like a lot. It was, it was. Did we make a sale? No, nothing. It, and you know what it was like, it just never generated the leads. It never, it, we got the views, but it never translated. And, you know, very quickly it became this thing where I was like, uh, I got to go make more images for Pinterest. Like I was dragging my feet. I was always behind, you know? And so of course then, you know, it falls apart. And then I just, and then I had that moment where I was like, I really don't desire to do this. Like, I don't, this is not fun. This is not exciting to me. I, and I, I mean, really like, what is the outcome that I'm desiring? Well, I'm desiring, I, yeah, I, I desire more clients. I desire to make more money, but why, why do I want those things? Well, I want them because like, I, I like working with our clients. I like being in conversation with them. I like digging into their world and learning about them. Like that's what I desired. I desired to get in the room with more women who are interesting and smart and passionate and have depth and just want to figure themselves out a little bit differently. And, and that's what I desired. So, and there's like 101 different ways that you can go about getting to that end result, but it has to be 
an avenue that feels exciting to you. And Pinterest, as it turns out, <laughs> was not one of them for me. And I mean, though, it's not like that's a, I mean, that's so common in the beginning of business. In the beginning of business, you spend a lot of time just throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what will stick. And that was one of my, like, I threw a pot of spaghetti at the wall and it did not stick. <laughs> I think but I think that's so, it's so insidious though, in the beginning of a business where you, you, you get at least, I think, I think it's very common with open head centers that you get really fixated on something and you can't detach from it. Not because it's not your own idea, but you can't seem to detach from it. And so you take it on instead of actually following your true inner authority, which if I had really done that, my sacral would been like, yeah, no, we don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't actually believe that. I think your sacral at the beginning was like, hell yes, this is a thing. And that was where the obsession piece came in. But where, where it got lost in translation was how long you stuck with it. Like I just sat there. I'm the worst business partner. I just sat there <laughs> laughing going, uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. I'm like, here are the templates for the pins. Have at it. I wiped my hands of it. Cause I was like, yeah, no, this is not for me, but Laura loved it at the beginning. And, uh, I love the idea of it. I love the idea of it, but then like the actual execution, not mm -hmm. so much. And of course it didn't produce the satisfactory result I was desiring. So then that really kiboshed the fire. <laughs> so I have, a, I know we're supposed to stick to a script here, but like, hello, welcome to Betsy's world. Um, I have a question for you, Danielle, actually, because I mean, as you pointed out, Laura and I are very much engrossed in this human design matrix that we live in, right? Like we can see it, we can look back, we can, we gain insights from this. You have that same connection with spirit and source and you have your own guides. And I'm just curious, like, how is it not giving away anything that we're, we're going to be digging into in the masterclass, but how do your guides support you? How does spirit support you? the way that human design supports us. Like for me, I have, I don't know. What is it? Claire sentience. Like you just know things. Is that what Claire said? I was told I was Claire feeling. Yeah. Oh, and I get the feeling, but like, I just know things. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I could easily say that I have, I am constantly being guided in the sense that there is that, that clarity piece, but like, how does spirit support you? Yeah, this is something I started playing with a long time ago, actually in 2017, when I opened up my practice, I developed from 2013 to 2017, opened up the doors to my practice during my second mat leave, I had a year off, we get a year off in Canada. So I had a year off to kind of play with my <laughs> Betsy shaking her head like, what the hell? <laughs> We're still trying to get like, you. I don't know, three months of family leave in this country. Like don't, we don't even get yeah. six weeks. I don't think. Don't hate us. We get 18 months now. <laughs> you do. Yeah, my when I had my kid, it was 12. Now it's 18. Yeah. <laughs> and my company gave me my full pay too for my year off. So it was, it was pretty sweet. It was like time to play. Right. And so what happened was I was very fortunate that for some reason that the divine played out, I was in demand the second I opened up my doors. And so I would only have a few hours a month though to do that because I had a little baby at home. I also had a three-year-old that was like in preschool and life was like very busy. I was very sleep deprived. You didn't know what was happening day in and day out, but I had all these people who always wanted readings. And so I started playing with my guides back then saying, you know, I only have six spots open this month and I don't want a wait list. Like the pressure that I get with a wait list is like not good for my practice. And so I would literally just get six. I would literally just get six and I would continue to play with that and throw out my desires to them and say, okay, next month, I think I want to do eight. Um, but maybe if more come, I might be able to fit them in and I would get 10, but then I would be like, Oh, where am I going to fit these people in? Like, I don't know if I can get a babysitter. And there was a lot of conflict with my husband back then I would have two people cancel. 
still to this day, to this day, I can place thought to spirit because I have such trust in them and have built such a, a strong relationship with them. I can actually manifest cancellations. If I like the week before, which was three weeks ago, I had a crazy schedule and I was really burnt out. And I don't like canceling on people because a lot of people have to wait a very long time to work with me. And I had to say to spirit, I'm like, I need my schedule to clear up. And I had five cancellations and I ended up actually only working three hours that week. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I have learned that in many ways, spirit is my agent um, and they support me because I work for them. And so this is kind of what I help light workers get clear on is building this relationship with the world of spirit, understanding that they actually want you to live an expansive life that like serves all involved and they will move mountains if we allow them to support us. And so I'm just passionate about connecting people with these spirit helpers that we have, because we have guides, we have angels, we have ancestors, we have inspirers. Um, and so, yeah, I, I use them every opportunity I can. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Now I'm so like, cool. why are I'm the voices so- in my head supporting you like this? <laughs> Because you they drop in when we're in client, like working with clients, but I'm like, hello, am I not, I need to start talking to them. Yes. And I'll teach you that in, in, um, cause I think I'm doing the first hour, right? You are. So, yeah. Yes. So in yeah. desire, the masterclass is three hours and Danielle is kicking us off. So that'll be perfect to get us like connected with our whole spirit team, especially for those of us who are a little disconnected. <laughs> just to say Betsy, because I think this is a good teaching with clear cognizance much of spirit communication is a transfer of thought, but it does sound like our own voice in our own head. So I can guarantee you most of the thoughts that you get are actually your spirit team responding to your declarations, which is also why oh, I'm very totally. passionate about teaching about declarations because they're very powerful. Yeah. When I was little, the trick that my mom taught me at a very young age was like, go to bed, think the question that you want the answer to. And every morning I would just wake up knowing, I think that's this whole clarity piece. That's what I'm picking up in today's conversation. This whole clarity has always been sort of a cornerstone for me and understanding what I actually want, not the false desires, but like the real ones and then owning it like that bigness can have it all. Oh my God. I love this conversation. Okay. So final question, because we did vet our questions before and Betsy will get back on script now. Thank you for that detour, by the way, Danielle loved it. Um, so when was the last time that you followed your desire and what was the outcome? Who wants to go first? I can go first. I have two examples, but they're very quick and they're very recent. Right. And so the first one was this summer. I was running my signature program, the initiation, which is a mediumship development experience. And a lot of the people are always like, well, what's next? Like they always, I didn't have a next thing because I was like, well, there's my membership community, but I don't have like the next program, but they really wanted like a next level something. And so the masculine in me was very much like sit at that computer and start jotting down some ideas, but actually stopped myself in my house. And I said, what do I desire in this moment? And the answer was to go paddleboarding, (laughs) which had nothing to do with anything. And I just listen, you know, I look out my window right now and I look at these mountains on the other side of this mountain is a lake, a beautiful lake. It takes me two minutes to get there with my paddleboard. It's so quiet, crisp, crisp, like, you know, water. I just absolutely love it. And so I just followed my desire and I just went and paddleboarded and I was going around this lake and just like lost in the light. One of my obsessions is like watching light on water. It's just like magic to me. And all of a sudden it came in the calling for the light worker answering the call to serve. And my entire six week spiritual entrepreneurship course was channeled on a paddleboard 
And I ran home and I had the whole thing down and I was able to say to them, okay, the next thing is the calling. And I had 24 people sign up and register before I even had a module laid out, like just kind of sold the idea as I came in. And so that was like a really beautiful outcome to just like tuning into a desire that didn't make sense, because I think that's what it is when we're working in our feminine and when we're following our desires, it's like, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Right. And it's worth following. The other one that was very recent was actually just last month um, where I got a little bit overwhelmed. I went through some grief last year and I took a couple months off of doing readings because grief, (laughs) it's a very low vibration, unfortunately, but one that none of us escape. If we love, we're going to experience grief. It's the price of love. And I decided to do readings for free for a year and just reach out to people who I felt called to give readings to. And it was really beautiful because I was able to fill up my programs and my membership. So I was well taken care of on that side. And I was able to just kind of play and like build myself back up in my practice. But meanwhile, my wait list grew to over 500 people um, for readings. And that was like a lot of pressure for me. And so where I used my spirit team with my desire, I had to tune into myself and say, what do I actually desire? How do I desire to manage this like wait list and how can spirit support me in this? And I desired to throw it in the trash bin. (laughs) I was like, I can't, I can't like, you know, the masculine logical minds, like, how am I going to do this in a fair way? Do I go from last July to now? Like nothing, nothing lit me up. That was a solution to what to do with that wait list. And so I just talked to the world of spirit and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to open up five sessions for like the next few weeks. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm just going to sneak up the little link on Instagram and say, you know what, if you see this, it's meant for you. And I place the thought to spirit following that desire to do it in this way. And I said, you bring the people to me. Who can I help? Like who, who can I serve at this moment? And I let spirit work it out. And all five of those spots filled up within a day and they were the most aligned readings I could have possibly have had. And I was so grateful for that experience because it was my first time charging again for readings after a year, doing them for free for the podcast and just like practicing and stretching myself quite a bit. And it was beautiful because it was a way that spirit again was my agent kind of aligning people to the desires that I was declaring and doing it in a way that really was peaceful for me because it was much more peaceful doing it that way than the chaos of working with a waitlist. So I decided after that not to ever have a waitlist again and just put the messaging out all over my website and stuff, just saying, you know what, if you see an appointment available, snag it up or you just keep checking back. And that serves me the best, right? That's what serves me the best. What a phenomenal example of doing things differently and breaking the rules because in the masculine, I guarantee you any business coach out there would have all these strategies and schemes and funnels and what to do with that wait list. And you're like, no, F it, bin it. (laughs) Like, I love that. And yeah, of course it's going to fill up. Of course, of course, the exact number of people that you desire are going to come to you and the perfect people are going to come to you and you just don't have to like sweat it for a single second. And then you get to make the money you want to make. And if you want to make more, you open more spots. Mm-hmm. When you don't, you don't look at that. I love that so much. Yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. That's really good. Laura, what about you? Uh, what came to my mind was actually when we, you and I had been digging into human design for a while, but then when we actually did a certification course, I'll never forget like the first weekend that I was like, I was child-free and it was 
it was like a classic Calgary winter weekend where it was like snowstorm 40 below. Like it was just misery outside and I didn't have a kid and I was just sort of like alone for the weekend. So I literally like shut myself in my, in my home and I like ordered, skip the dishes and like never went out. And I just like cocooned myself with a fire and like went through this whole human design certification and just gobbled it up in like not a very short period of time. I don't know. I guess it was like three days really like a, or a Thursday to a Sunday or something like that. And it just was like, it was like fun. I, I mean, I'm an extrovert, but I feel like I had a real introvert moment where I was just like not talking to anyone, not seeing anyone just like cocooned and absorbing. And it just felt, yeah, it felt like I, I just let myself get obsessed with it. And I have, and it, it, it sunk, it sunk in really quick and fast. And I really, it was like, I was craving it. Like I just, and like, I would like, I, you know, I would be studying human design for a few hours. Then I would take a little nap by the fire and then I'd wake up and I'd do a few more hours. Then I'd like order some, you know, like a poke bowl and skip. And then I'd watch some more videos and then I'd have a little nap. And like, I didn't know day from night. It was like a snowstorm outside. It was wonderful. Like I loved it. And yeah, that was my, that was my thing. And, and like ever since then, human design has been a major part of our business and a major part of our coaching. And I love the star strategy sessions that we do. And I love how we use it. I mean, we use it with our private coaching clients. We use it in every program. It's just always there, different elements of it. Um, but yeah, I feel like I needed that. Like I needed to like be isolated away from people and things and distractions. So I could just like dive in completely. And uh, I still have like really fond, about, I have like such fond memories of that, that cold wintry weekend. <laughs> You desired the space. I did. And the, yeah. And the little incubator that yeah. you had for yourself. It was, it was a very white, like it was like a very, like my, my room and my walls and everything were white. And then I had this little fire going. So it was just sort of like this little glowing orb in the darkness of the winter. Like, yeah, totally. Oh, I want to yeah. go there. Yeah. I love the, the keyword before kids. <laughs> No, I had my daughter. I had oh, my daughter, but she was she at her dad's that weekend. So she had I was, a whole weekend without them. I had a, oh. I had a, I was childless that weekend. Um, yeah. yeah, no, before it's true though. Cause like, wait, after you have kids, like having a weekend without, you're like, what is this deliciousness? <laughs> I went to Whistler two weekends ago. First time without the kids since 2018. I couldn't even sleep a minute. It was oh. like, I couldn't even sleep a minute because I was like, I, I miss my bed. <laughs> but I love being away in Whistler by myself, but yeah, it was so funny. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I just have like the most random now that I've listened to both of you, I had one that was very similar to yours, Danielle. And actually it's a good example of masculine and feminine energy. Cause I know we've been talking a lot about stepping into your feminine, but stepping into your feminine also means honoring the masculine side of yourself. I'm very masculine, like especially in business and the way that my human design chart is it's probably more masculine. Like I love to work. I'm a projector. I'm not supposed to, but anyway, when I was listening to your story, I was, that was what I was going to talk about. Like the last time I desired something, I desired a new program like you. And I was, I was, I woke up and in the past, what I would have done is I would have pulled back and been like, Oh, give my feminine space, give my projector self space. I actually did the opposite. I sat down and started just doing I now recognize them as being my two for one specials. So it's like, I solve a problem. So it's projector. Like I'm, I'm working on something. It was financial. It had nothing to do with business, but I was still like doing work. And then it was the same thing. It was like, I got through and then I was like, Oh, magnetic, this is going to be the thing. And it's like, I had the downloads. So I think that there's some 
the masculine and feminine conversation for me in 2022, it is going to be next level because I think we're missing the play between both. And I can't wait to dig into this even more because it, we, we, we set rules for ourselves that we, we, we end up breaking, but then Laura's talked about like the bed and the cocoon, or you talked about the bed. So I'm a projector. We have to spend a lot of time horizontal to flush out the energy of the generators and many gens of the world. 70% of the population, you guys have sacral definition. I don't. Anyway, my, my room is my little cave. It is my oasis. And over the course of this year, like I painted my room. I used to, I think working in New York, I wanted everything blue and calm and like a spa. And then this year, as I've been leaning more into desire, I decided that I wanted something that was more earthy and you know, I, I painted my walls, these cream, like light cream color. And I have these beautiful white, thick wooden blinds that go down and then white curtains and everything's earthy and like all this thing. Anyway, I had the white comfort on my bed in the fall hit. And I was like, mm, no, I want like a cocoon for the winter. I want it to feel super warm, but I don't want it to be heavy. Anyway, no joke. I like walked into home goods the other day and there was the most beautiful comforter that was black and, and earthy rust, like kind of like totally not me. And I, I looked at what one look at it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's mine. And it was so funny. Cause it was the energy. When I brought it back, everything that I desired for my room, all of a sudden it was like complete. And I was like, oh yeah. But the package that it came in was not what I was expecting. Like I knew I needed a comforter. I expected to find a duvet comforter, like cover. Um, but no, I got this like flannel and it's black, which is so not me but it's so, I have had the best sleeps in this bed, like underneath this comforter since I got it. And again, it, it was just that feeling like that desire, like how do I want to feel when I crawl into bed at night? And it, oddly enough, it worked perfectly with my blush sheets and my, but yeah, I really desired to have that update for my room and it should have been this way the entire time. And now it is, that's my last example. Cause that happened like two weeks ago. And I still don't know where it came from. I was like, oh, the last one on the shelf, massive sale. Thank you, universe. Thank <laughs> you for it. supporting me in my dream, <laughs> my vision. Yeah. So we really run the gamut here with this desire conversation. So as we are stepping into the desire masterclass, do you guys have anything that you want to share, tease out? As we step into this, I'm going to drop the show. Well, we both will on, we'll drop in the show notes, the link for you guys to join. Uh, we do have a very special coupon code because it is our mantra. We have a group text. I just think this is so cute. Danielle's like, oh wait, now I get what you're talking about. We have a group text and in iPhones, you can change what the name of the group is. So I actually changed it to our coupon code, which is I desire more, which if you sign up before when does the coupon end? The Sag Eclipse. Yeah, the this new moon. December 4th. Yeah. December 4th. So if you sign up before December 4th, you can use the coupon I Desire More and get $111 off, which the whole masterclass is $333. You can get it for $222. We will drop that link below. Um, but yeah, ladies, what's one final thought? What do you what do you want to tease out? What, are, what can they expect? I mean, other than pure magic, I mean. So I, well, as you know, Betsy, you and I love the winter solstice, like the winter, we mm -hmm. get more jazzed about the winter solstice, certainly than we do about like new year's resolutions or even really Christmas. Like we just like, it really is the beginning of the new year for me, winter solstice. I just love it. Like it's like, we're stepping into the return of the sun. 
And it's funny too, because my kids have this uh, book, which was actually written by a Canadian astronaut, Chris Hadfield. And there's this line in the book where it talks about like, as a little kid, he was afraid of the dark. And then he realizes that outer space is the darkest dark. And so if he is going to fulfill his dream and his desire to become an astronaut and go to space, he's going to have to embrace the darkest dark. And then he, when he does that as a child, he recognizes, cause he's afraid of the dark. He he thinks there's monsters and aliens under his bed and whatever. And then, so he realizes that, you know, in the darkest dark is this velvety black mystery and this beauty that he had never realized before. And that everything that he desires is in the dark. And I just, like, I, my kids make me read that book at least twice a day and I've fallen in love with it. And I'm like, I'm not sorry to read it multiple times. And like, I really, that's something that's like just hit with me over and over again this fall. It's like the darkest dark, like, what are we going to find? What, you know, velvety black mysteries are we going to find in this really depth dark within ourselves? And that to me is what we're doing with, with desire, the masterclass and having it on the winter solstice is like, we're going to really go inward. We're going to connect with this, with the universe, connect with your spirit teams, really dig into what you want um, and get so crystal clear on it that we can like declare it and feel so solid in it. And then, and then we're stepping into the return of the sun. Mm, I love that. Yes. I love solstice as well. Return of the sun. I live in the mountains of Canada at winter solstice. The sun goes down at 2 45 PM. <laughs> like it's <laughs> what? <laughs> space you're americans except for except for people in alaska americans like the lower 48 no one believes how dark it's already dark at like 4 30 here right now it's 102 (laughs) right now by three o'clock you won't be able to see my face like it's betsy's like blown away well like okay so our sun sets today at 4 38 so yes by it's like four o'clock by winter solstice and i live in between mountains so it does get dark yeah. Like it's really, dark. you could, yeah. Oh my God. Can you guys see the seven sisters right now? The constellation, like our sky is so dark at night that we've been able to see Pleiades. Is that the constellation? The seven sisters. I've never seen it before. It's amazing. And you can see Aries. Oh, it is so cool. It's like seven stars and they're all clustered together. And you think when you first look at it, it's like a baby little, um, little dipper, but it's not. And I read the seven sisters book. So I like, I'm really excited about this anyway. I live in a rainforest, so no, we don't see the sky very much. Um, (laughs) I got lots of sky up here. I live in a legit rainforest. We're actually cut off from the rest of Canada right now because all the highways have flooded. So it's very interesting times in the West Coast. Um, But what I'm really looking forward to is I think one of the gifts that um, my clients say that I have is really simplifying spirit and really simplifying spirituality. And I'm really looking forward to teaching people who may not have had access to this type of uh, work with their desire on how easy it is to connect with the spirit helpers who are around us, whether we're aware of them or not, and that they are supporting us, whether we are asking them or not. But there is magic and power to be had when you are very clear on your desires and you call in that support. So I'm excited to share that aspect of it. I love you girls clearly. Like we really started talking a lot the past like six, seven months and just like poaching, like pitching, like, let's just do something together. Like I'm excited to teach with you girls. I'm also excited to get my hour done so I can sit and just like absorb all your teachings in a very selfish way, because everything I've seen you guys do, I've absolutely loved. So, so that's what I'm really looking forward to spending solstice with you guys. And also just for people who can't attend live it's replay. Yes. You get it forever. And if you can't commit before all of this, you can purchase it after Um, there's no FOMO, but we hope to see you there live in the energy. Yes. 
Well, and it's that energy piece, right? It's the, it's the coming together. Like even the energy on this call today, I mean, it's palpable when the three of us are in a room together, even though we're going to be doing this on zoom and yeah, we love you. I'm so excited for your section of this. Like I, I'm so glad Laura's going in the middle and I'm going last because Laura, we're going to take what we talked about with spirit and then introduce the human design piece. And then I'm going to close with a bit more of the masculine and feminine and sort of bringing it all together. Because I do think, you know, this, how, how, how piece, right. The brain wants to go there. The brain wants to have the how. And so that's why I'm so excited about this masterclass because yes, we're going to be expanding and we're going to be calibrating, but we're also going to be learning, implementing, and being able to embody this is really the key thing. And yes, energy of winter solstice. Mm, excited. It's going to be amazing. 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 So as I said earlier, we will all be putting the information, the link to buy in the show notes below, but thank you again for joining us on this crossover episode with Danielle from Squamish Media. I am Betsy Milne. That is Laura Milne. If you could see her right now, she's holding her little puppy Bowie. Um, He's the newest member of our team. So thank you for joining us and we will see you at the Desire Masterclass. I really hope you enjoyed this episode.